Okay, I'm back. Here I am and I'm back. It's been a while. It's been a long time. It's been such a long time. A la 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 long. A la 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 long. Long long long. Come on. I'm gonna clap off the beat. I'm gonna do a ridiculous clap that's not on beat. And I know this is gonna be infuriating to everybody who's in the music industry or anyone who has a rhythm at all in them. But here I go. A la 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 long. A la 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 long 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long 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 long. Come on. A la 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 long. A la 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 long. Okay. All right. Um, wasn't that a way to do it? Hi guys, it's been a while. And hello, and hello, and hello, and hello. I'm gonna say one hello for each listener that I think is out there right now. It's been a while, and I apologize. You know what? No, I take it back. I don't apologize. I will never, you will never hear me apologize ever again on this podcast. I'm gonna be one of those podcasters who never apologizes for nothing. No apologies, Val. This is the era of no apologies, Val. Never gonna apologize. I'm one of those unapologetic comedians. Isn't that, that's the hackiest adjective to add to any comedy special or any comedian? Unapologetic. And it's like, yeah, right. I don't know. You hear that so often now that it's lost all meaning. Oh, so you're a dick, kind of. Unapologetic. It kind of implies that you're doing abrasive things that would normally imply the requirement of an apology. You know what I mean? Um, Let me address real quick. Glug, glug, glug. Let me address really quick um, the sound here. I, uh, I... I'm not apologize. I was about to, but I'm not going to apologize for it. I do not apologize, wink, for the sound quality. I am the reason why there's been a delay in posting. I always have an excuse, but whatever. My excuse this time is that I was finishing up my full-time writing stint with This Hour Has 22 Minutes, available on CBC Gem in countries that are Canada and nowhere else. <laughs> um, um, I did have a sketch make it into 22 minutes. If you are interested, well, look up episode three. It's the give it back sketch where the Canadian government asks for some of the Serb and EI money back that they paid out to people. So that's, I wrote that more or less with some punch up from others, but that was mine. And I have a few one-liners that made it into the show here and there. So, you know, your kid did, the kid did all right. And, but that stint is over, so that took up a lot of my fucking time. Way more than I had anticipated. And on top of that, I was doing Just for Laughs. And on top and on top of that, I was moving. I moved back. And that explains the sound quality that you're hearing right now. The echo is... I. I am still unpacking. Everything is in boxes all around me. I have temporarily set up my office, my computer in the kitchen. And they they totally, they totally fucking obliterated a wall, bro. They took out a wall, a whole wall that separated the kitchen and the rest of the condo. And now it's just open concept. So what you're hearing, 
hello, 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 is open concept. This is the open concept episode where we keep our concepts open. So if you don't have an open mind and you're not willing to accept some concepts that are truly open, then get on up at Okay, you'd better turn off this podcast and go f- look up something that's more closed concept. Look up the closed concept podcast. Only available on CBC Gem and wherever, only in the countries that are Canada. <laughs> um, this is the open concept podcast. So l- let your mind go to places as open as what you're hearing in the resonance of my voice echoing through this giant open space. God damn, my place is beautiful. I'm looking around, it is gorgeous. There's marble. There's marble, you guys. My hands are, okay, they're on a bunch of placemats that I put out um, from all my computer equipment. My monitor and my keyboard and my mouse are all on placemats. But underneath the placemats, my hands are on placemats that are on marble, you guys. Marble. I'm living in a place with fucking marble. And uh, I got to admit, I don't feel like I deserve it, but I'm not going to apologize for that. I'm not going to apologize for enjoying marble. (laughs) Yeah, I like marble. I'm not going to apologize for it. Coming up on Netflix, a new stand-up special from a comedian who... And then it's a clip of me like, yeah, I I got marble. I'm not going to... I'm done saying sorry about it. Yeah, I enjoy marble. And the crowd's like, oh, a, little, a, a couple groans. But some people are like, woo, we love you because you don't apologize about loving marble. And I mobilize my crowd. I'm like, if you, if you know somebody who apologizes for liking marble, they're a fucking idiot. And you should not vote for whoever they vote for in their elections. Okay? <laughs> vote against these people apologizing for marble. Woo! The comedy special everyone critics are calling confusing. It's Alval not apologizing for marble. <laughs> coming coming this coming next year. It'll take a while to edit this thing down to get some of the humor out of it cuz she ranted for 3 hours about marble. And so we've got our hands full with editing. So coming out next November when we finally figure out what to do with this three-hour tirade about liking and apologizing for marble, I don't know. We're just as confused as you are, but we promise it'll come out a little bit watchable. Maybe. We'll see. Coming next November. Okay, I have so much to talk about, and I uh, and I and I just riffed for a solid seven minutes. But that's what you get when you're open concept. I'm embracing the open concept. Are you? It's been so open concept. I have a backlog of things I need to tell you guys about. <clears throat> okay, so this is the first thing. This is a story that I remember. Let me tell you guys real quick, writing for 22 minutes, that was, I'll admit openly, that was my first TV writing gig, and I am honored that I was selected for this. It's, it's, uh, for the 30th season of this show, it's been around 30 seasons, and it's been a pop culture staple in Canada, 
Um, I know a lot of my friends, a lot of the people that I don't know, a lot of the people that I know don't watch it. And that's fine, but it's been around for 30 years and someone out there is watching it. I kid, I'm joking. It's, uh, it's a popular TV show here in Canada and, um, it's political satire. And let me tell you guys, I probably, I probably talked about it. I've, yeah, obviously I have Al Val. Come on. Hey, open concept Al Val. No apologies. Um, it was a struggle learning to, uh, adapting my voice, which has, you know, for 16 years in comedy has been all, all about me, 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 me. It's all been personal and anecdotal. And even though I am a graduate of Second City's conservatory, conservatory program, um, in sketch and improv, I, that's not necessarily my wheelhouse. And my focus has been stand-up and anecdotal personal experiences for the longest time, especially as they relate to my trans journey. And so writing uh, political satire to begin with, and then on top of that, writing in a voice, writing in the show's voice, and in writing in a way that I tried to get these sketches and these jokes into the show. You know what I mean? Writing in 22 minutes voice, not just political satire, but in their particular style and knowing what makes it into the show and trying to tailor my writing to that while still retaining some of my own flavor and voice and perspective on things. It's all uh, a lot. And it and it's really only dawning on me right now, speaking retrospectively about it, how much it is. So I'm really proud of myself, you know? Some of the new writers got extended contracts immediately. I was not one of them. And I'm trying not to take that too harshly. I don't think it reflects on the quality of my work. I think some things just are what they are. I, I'm hoping I will get brought, be brought back for a stint or two. I hear that's what they do. I hear it's never over with 22 and that they might call upon you for another chunk of time. And if that's the case, I look forward to it. It was really fun and I really feel like I was learning and ultimately to me it would feel like a, a real shame if they never gave me another chance because I feel like I was growing, I was getting better, I was learning. It's a it's a big thing to undertake and to adapt to and I'm a I'm a resilient cookie and I'm a smart cookie and I'm adaptable and I'm a people pleaser. So I think um, I would love another shot. I would love some more time to keep growing and keep getting better. I don't know who at 22, who at 22 listens to any of my stuff, but um, yeah, one of the, I mean, at least one of the producers is a fan of mine and the, the cast and crew are all just delightful to work with and they're all pals. A lot of them I know in the stand-up scene and I get along with everybody. So I would love, love, love to be back. That would be cool. But um, let me tell you a quick story about my first interaction with um, some of these 22 guys. I don't even remember who this was, but um, I first turned their heads, the, the producer, I first turned heads at the Halifax Comedy Festival in April of this year. I, um, so the show is filmed in Halifax, little known fact, everybody thinks it's in Toronto, but it's out East. And I was at the Halifax comedy festival and I naturally, I, cr I, I fucking crushed it. I fucking crushed it. 
<laughs> I went up and I talked about marble and the audience went nuts and I didn't apologize once and the audience went fucking crazy for my unapologetic marble loving material. And so I was a, I was a pretty big newcomer hit to that festival. And uh, I was approached on the last night, the, the after party by the producer. And he was like, hey, I'm, I'm a big fan of your stuff. You're really cool and clever. And we would love for you to submit a writer's package to the show. So here's this person. She'll tell you what we need. She'll be in contact with you, blah, blah, blah. And we'll set this up. And I was like, fucking awesome. And there were a small handful of people sort of gathered around during this conversation with various connections to 22 or not at all. So uh, honestly, my memory is a little hazy on who specifically was there, but there was a man there. And I don't know if I recognize him from 22 circles at all, but there was a man who kind of, <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you, you would organically slip this into conversation anyways, but it was, I just remember being, shocked at how out of nowhere this statement was we were talking about something else and he just kind of interjected and was like yeah and your feet are really nice too <laughs> just fucking in apropos of nothing we'd been talking about up to that point i think we were literally talking about the writing package and he's like yeah i just want to say you have really nice feet <laughs> was like, okay um so anyways, what do, we, what do you require for the writer's package? How long does the sketch need to be? Me just still fucking rattled by, by the foot thing. I'm like stealing glances down at my feet to be like, what, what the fuck is, is he looking at him? What is, what's going on with my, I didn't even, I almost forgot I had feet until this guy was like, you have really nice feet. <laughs> and it's just so funny. What I remember is that everybody gathered around just kind of was like, okay, <laughs> and just glossed right over into the next thing. So <clears throat> I know, I know the, the current climate, the cultural climate would be like, hey, you should probably call that guy out or like, that's inappropriate. And I know it's inappropriate. I know it's, it's obviously the subtext to this story is like yeah that kind of that's a weird thing to compliment somebody on just sort of out of nowhere especially because of the connotation with like the the fetish i know there's a foot fetish that's um prominent i was about to say popular the new hit craze that's sweeping the nation feet and your kids have them you don't know it but your kids have feet and this is what they're getting up to with them more on 6 o'clock news. Are you apologizing for loving marble? More later on the news. Only available in Canada. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I honestly, it's pro it should probably begin and end with how I, the quote-unquote victim of this exchange, feel. And uh, I think it's, honestly, it's nothing. It's funny. It was really awkward. Uh, I just, I had honestly, a part of me admires the audacity. The guy sort of shot his shot. Maybe he doesn't have a foot. Maybe he didn't have a foot fetish until that very moment where he looked down at my feet and my feet were just so gorgeous. 
that he felt compelled to say something despite the context, the circumstances in which we were gathered. I think, well, how about that? What if I just framed it as my feet are so goddamn beautiful <clears throat> that he saw them in my heels at this party and was just like, his subconscious was like, you gotta say something. And he just couldn't help it. He couldn't filter it out. So yeah, I have the most hypnotic feet in entertainment. So um, somebody get a hold of Quentin Tarantino. Oh, 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 oh. Boom, roasted, Quentin. If you're listening, I know you're into feet. That seems like one of those ill-kept Hollywood secrets. Um, yeah, so that's the story about... So, And now I'm writing for the show. So... What if my feet got me the fucking job? I forget who this guy was. I don't know if he works for the show or uh, or what association he might have with the Halifax Comedy Festival. But um, hey, look, if my feet are getting me work and I don't have to do weird stuff like jerk people off with my soles of my feet, then whatever. Fine. My feet got me work at 22. <laughs> oh, man. Do they know I write with my hands? They might, they might think I, I type with my feet. Anyways, no, my feet, I mean, uh, the, the producer that I spoke with, Mike, I, I should know what his official title is. He's the showrunner, producer, script supervisor. I don't know. He, he's just kind of the, the guy that I answered to. He was my boss. Um, he had nothing to do with any of it. He treated me with nothing but respect. The whole team did. I loved writing there. I thought it was awesome. So honestly, this story is about a man who I don't remember who he was, but I remember the one thing that he said completely out of nowhere that was weird and that we all just sort of moved along, moved right along from. You have, I just want to say, you have really nice feet. And then he drooled over a bowl of bisque. Man, the food there was amazing. That party, I was so stuffed. I wanted to eat more and more. It was one of those things where you want to eat more and more. And you can't because there's only so much food and there's only so much space in your stomach. Okay, that's the feet story. That's the foot guy, 22 minutes. <laughs> um, what else? So, oh, I have so much that I want to tell you guys about. Um... There was, we went to the after, so in the 30 years that the show's been running, they never filmed in Toronto. They never did. They've always filmed in Halifax, and besides one episode that they shot in Ottawa, for 30 years, it's always been in Halifax. So, for the 30th anniversary, I got, I got, I was lucky enough to write for the year that they filmed an episode in Toronto. It was a special episode that they filmed here in Toronto. And uh, I was a part of it, and a couple of my jokes made it in, and I'm super, I mean, I, one of my jokes is a, is a roast of the Maple Leafs, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it made it in. Fuck yeah. Um, in case you saw the episode, it's the one that I wrote that got an, a, a fucking applause break. You hear that? Just imagine that uh, with hundreds of people in a room. Um, it was a tag, it was a joke tag on a joke about the Maple Leafs, being sponsored by milk, 
by the dairy farmers of Ontario. Who So the Maple Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team in the National Hockey League are going to wear patches on their jerseys that just say milk on them. And then uh, my joke was, and then they're going to wear that patch for the whole season until the playoffs roll around where the milk patch will be replaced by a choking hazard warning. Or something like a choking warning. Well, what the fuck, Al? Shouldn't you know how to deliver your own goddamn joke? I want to go back. I want to do over. I fucking... Uh, I I botched it. I bombed it. <laughs> I bombed my own joke. That got an applause break. Well, I mean, whose joke is it really that I didn't get to deliver it? They delivered it way better on the night of the show. But it feels cool to be a writer, you know? Like, to hear my jokes spoken in someone else's... On someone else's tongue and, like... I don't know, just throwing a million ideas against the wall. I Honestly, I was stressing a lot. It's I have the privilege of hindsight right here. Sitting here and not having more work to do is very liberating. And so I'm. that is not lost on me, that I am on the other side of it and I'm not stressing out because it was fucking extremely stressful for me for that little while. And I hope if I come back, I'll like, I'll, I'll, I won't be as swamped with all this other stuff. I'll be able to give it my undivided attention and like really crush it. That's why I want another chance. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, shit, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. Um, it's just cool. I don't know. It feels, I, eh, my career is, um, the past two years, little moments of recognition that I'm making it. I'm doing it. And after 16 fucking years of hard work, which is even long for, like, a lot of the comedians that I know are getting, are having their breakthroughs at fucking five years in and, and less than 10. And here I am, just not to diminish their accomplishments, but goddamn, man, I deserve this. 16 years and I'm finally starting to see the fruits of my fucking labor. You have no idea how long I've been goddamn waiting for shit like this. And so I, uh, it's just profound the past two years, little experiences sitting in that writer's room and feeling the agony and the stress of not having any of my material make it into this week's show and, and feeling the the pressure and the self-loathing of that but also looking around and being like i'm a fucking writer for this um prestigious canadian tv show that's pretty fucking wild it's awesome so pat on the back for me and there was an after party so there was an after party and i got done up i looked really cute i got to wear this purple guest dress this dress from guests um and i looked so good in it it made my butt look wider and nicer than it actually is, which is false advertising, I know, but it, I looked so good in that dress. I can't wait to wear it again. I, w I was on cloud nine and there was a, a red carpet, which they called the purple carpet uh, because I guess 22 minutes is branded in purple. But whatever, it was like a purple carpet event and I didn't have a date or a plus one or anything like that. I'm, I'm lonely, you know that. And so uh, I took a picture on the purple carpet in front of uh, the, I don't even know what the, what that's called, the backdrop. You know what I mean? When you see like red carpet shit and there's the backdrop with like logos and stuff and sponsors or whatever. Um, oh, I should download that. I should get back and download that photograph. Yes. Um, 
but it's so hard. Stand like there are a hundred. There are so many people milling around. This is something that I'm gonna have to learn to get used to or to get better at. Is posing. I don't know how to pose. I don't know how not to be goofy. And I'll 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 um tell more of a story about that too. Let's get on that theme. But standing. Uh, let's remember that. I'm gonna make a mental note. How not to be goofy. I'm writing this right now. I don't, uh, okay, so I don't know how to pose sexy. I don't have, I don't know how to naturally smile anymore unless it's a candid thing. Like as soon as I know a camera is pointed at me, you know how it is. Uh, this is, these are all skills that I have to get better at and get more natural with. But like standing there alone <laughs> when everybody else has like a plus one or is taking photos with someone that came with them um, was a bit embarrassing. And, and just, yeah. But also a lot of Canadian people, a lot of Canadian stars were there. Like stars of TV were, were posing alone. And so that's just something that I got to get used to. Um, I just don't know how to pose and smile and make it all look cute and natural. Or maybe I'm just being overly hard on myself. But it just, I don't know. The pictures come back and I look, I got crazy eyes going on. Because you can tell... I've got a million things I'm monitoring in my head at once, just like, hey, where, where do I put my left arm? Where's my left arm going? Oh, God. Um, hey, don't remember to smile. Uh, no, that's too big. Hey, do you smile with your bottom teeth ever? Smile with your bottom teeth. That looks nicer. No, wait. No, that feels weird. That looks like, that feels like a grimace. That feels like a grimace. Am I smiling too hard? Loosen your eyes up. Let's relax the eyes. No, now you look sleepy. Um, what happened to your posture? Hey, you're slouched over. Peel it back. Oh God, now you look like somebody poured ice water down the back of your dress. Um, <laughs> and all of this is happening in like three seconds. The three seconds it takes for a picture to be taken. So I'm going to have to, I know they uh, posted a thing with all the photos and I'm going to have to sift through them and determine if I look good enough to share. But I did look really nice when I when I was natural. <laughs> you know what I mean? When uh, nobody was pointing a camera in my face. Um, which is the reality and I got to get used to it. So there was an after party and it was really fun. The food was delicious and it's so hard for me not to eat delicious food. <laughs> I love food and delicious food. Come on. So the more I ate, the more I had to suck in my tummy deliberately. It was a war of attrition, a war of I'm just going to call it that. I know that's probably not the right term, but it was a, a hard-fought battle between between my appetite and my posture and abs and, <laughs> and uh, third eye. I shouldn't have to worry about this stuff. But, you know, you want to look your best. I was there alone. I, it would have been nice to catch a date, something, you know? And also CBC executives were all over there. And I'm going to be, no, I shouldn't say. And so uh, just to, just to leave a hint, I should, uh, uh, I might be able to get to know them a little better on a professional level. I'm going to, I'm going to have to show off my feet a lot more. <laughs> my feet were on full display that night. Maybe that's, maybe that's what I should have did in the photo, just kicked my feet up sat in a reclining chair and just posed with my feet dangling way up in the air. And then they photo and then they cut off the picture. They just trim, they crop me out of the photo. It's just my feet. <laughs> Alvel's feet are here. Um, 
Nobody complimented my feet all goddamn night long. Are my feet aging? Do I not have nice feet anymore? Are they not as nice as they were in April? Oh, God. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so anyways, the after party was really lovely. It was really fun. Uh, it went from uh, the studio lobby where it was an open bar and it was delicious catered food to uh, a hotel bar at the Rogers Center where the Blue Jays play, which had this really, this back room. It was really fun hanging out with the cast and writing staff and some of the crew. And um, we got there late and the food there was gone, which, you know, to my utter disappointment, Appetuti Trudy over here with the Trudy with the big Appetuti. Um, I, I love eating and I love free food. I'm going to be honest. If the food is free, I am so much more incentivized. Because free food is always, it's most of the time it's good food. It's catered. How are you, how are you going to deny yourself such a, such a beautiful joy? I love free food, especially when someone else made it, you know? Oh, I love it. And so it was, we got there too late, but uh, it was still more open bar stuff. And it was really cool drinking and hanging out beside these full uh full length windows that peered out onto the the diamond where the blue jays play and it was beautifully illuminated it looked so cool when it was empty at night all the stands empty and we just have this kind of this high up view down over the over the field and the seats it was really cool very romantic and then there was another after party just for the cast and writers, us goofballs, who went to, I don't, I, I don't know, some local bar. And listen, this is a crazy story that it all happened in the blink of an eye. Blink of an eye, my friends. But I, uh, in, in my, this is my hazy memory, because at that point I had been, uh, I had imbibed a lot of free booze and probably about eight miniature roast beef sliders <laughs> um, along with several lobster cakes and corn pops and some nachos and all of these like potato skin things <laughs> yummy 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 i love free food and so okay at this bar <clears throat> I was going to the washroom and they had the individual little private rooms. You know what I mean? Uh, genderless, like little individual doors that you open. And, and listen to this, okay? I'm still, I'm still thinking about this because I'm pretty sure this is what happened. So I opened the door and there is a young woman standing over the toilet and she's peeing into it. At least I think so. I think I walked in on a fellow trans woman peeing into the toilet, standing. And it happened so quickly, and my politest instincts took over to be like, I'm so sorry, and, and, and close the door and back out. But all this happened in, obviously, in, in such a snapshot moment so quickly that this is, I'm describing to you what I saw in like, 
less than a second, right? But also, it's not only not only was she standing and peeing into the toilet, but obviously the door was unlocked. She had left it unlocked, and she kind. Of, I just I vaguely remember her turning and smiling at me with a big smiley face, and she was a cute young lady, I gotta say. But I was um, pretty shocked and confused by that whole situation, and. I'm just still kind of trying to process it <laughs> because, I mean, if if something like that is going to happen to anybody, I'm kind of glad it happened to a fellow trans woman that, you know, I, I, walk, I walked in on a trans woman peeing standing up and she seemed, but the way her face, I vaguely remember it feeling like she set it up. She did it on purpose. Left the door unlocked and turned with a big smile on her face. Maybe she was expecting a friend of hers to come in. Maybe it was one of those hanky-panky public... I don't know if it felt like this public thing that either she had wanted someone else to... Someone she knew, or it, maybe this was one of those weird voyeuristic things where you rope a stranger like me into your fun little kink or whatever. And if that's the case, come on, girl. Come on. Come on, girl. Don't do that. Hey, don't do that. Don't do that to me. Don't do that to anybody. Get your kicks elsewhere. I mean, you're lucky you got your kicks from me. Because otherwise, who knows who would have literally kicked you, you know? But uh, at the same time, there was a part of me after, because I reacted so quickly and so instinctually to be like, I'm so sorry, and then close the door and move on to the next stall. But as I was in the stall, peeing, sitting down like a lady, <laughs> young woman, I peed sitting down, okay? <clears throat> I should have peed standing up in solidarity, but... <clears throat> oh. But... I just, I was thinking, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. I was like, it would have been funny just me. Okay. So me being polite and, and exiting the situation as quickly and instinctually as I could. What if I know, what if I recognized that this was deliberate on her account and I could have been like, hey, me too. Mind if I join? And then just come in and close the door. Maybe lock it behind me. Because three is company in a situation like that. And then I would stand shoulder to shoulder with her. And together we would, and I would lift my dress up and we would pee into the same toilet bowl. We would cross streams. <clears throat> trans allyship is crossing streams with a fellow trans sister, you guys. Sorry if this story is gross, but like I'm processing it, okay? I'm just, oh, it's keep an open concept. This is an open concept kitchen slash living room that you're sitting in. So stay open concept. But anyways, I wonder if the allyship thing to do would have been to be like, hey, me too. I think that's kind of funny. I could write that down. Do I have something there? The hey, me too thing? <clears throat> Maybe I'll use different words from hey, me too, but no, I kind of like hey, me too. Mm. But yeah, 
I think something tells me it's just the way the combination of the door being unlocked and her doing such a, I think peeing standing up is a statement for trans women who are trying to uh, assimilate. Because I got to say that she was um, pretty unclockable, as they say. I would not have guessed. And I apologize for, I don't know, for being not PC on that. I feel like I can say stuff like that, you know? I say shit like that about myself all the time. I mean, I don't say that I'm passable. Fuck that. I, I get, I'm grateful. A friend of mine uh, just sent me, she was like, uh, she got called like a stupid hoe bitch slut in an Ikea parking lot. And she was like, hell yeah. And we had, and we celebrated. It's one of those things where I will endure um, like criminal level abuse and uh, still be like, oh, but, but he called me she, you know, and still be happy about it. I, I belong to this uh, Twitter trans group chat and it's they all build themselves up and they all. They're all so nice to each other. And and I get ignored. And I wonder, I want to leave. Because it's like, I shouldn't need this kind of validation. But they really bring that petty, childish part of me out. Where I'm like, why don't you like me as much as you like each other? Why? Why? I want, to let you, want you to like me. Why don't you like more of my comments and stuff? I do think there's a, an interesting power dynamic in that group. Where like... The more followers you have, the more worth a, a damn you are. It's an interesting little case study, I think, in in social media worth and no, how numbers mean everything, which is why I want to leave that group. I don't know. It just all makes me uncomfortable. And they're all, sure, I'm, I'm sure they're all nice people, if a little shallow at times. <laughs> Um, but look at me fucking talk about needing their validation. See, it brings out, I think that the, it brings out a not good side in me that I don't like. And I think the healthiest thing for me would be to mute it all or ignore it or to walk away. Cause I don't like the person I can feel myself becoming by putting, uh, my worth into other people's hands like that. It's just one of those particular experiences where I feel like I'm investing I, I feel more compelled to invest my self-esteem in the opinions of people like that. And I recognize that the hill, and I don't want to go down that hill. So anyways, open concept, that was a bit of a deviation, but I caught a girl peeing, and there was a part of me that also wanted to, while I was in the stall, this is the thing. I was like, I kind of want to find her now. This is, okay, so this is, this might be drunk level uh, rationale for me, but I was sitting there being like, I kind of want to find her now because I'm sure she knows that I was trans. I'm sure like my face and my voice, my voice is a dead giveaway. So I'm sure when I opened the door and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I, I bet, you know, she kind of knew instantly. And so I wonder if there's some camaraderie to be had there. I like, listen to me trying to process this because I'm still trying to figure it out. What would, if she want, I'd like, would I, would it have been a gamble, say, 
to find her. I walked past her back to the gang to rejoin the group. She was in a stall with uh, a friend of hers. Uh, I presume, but she was with somebody. And would it have been weird to to talk to her at all? That's C. I think I don't know. I was just trying so hard to assess the situation, but also I was morbidly curious. I was so curious about what the story was and the motivation and who this woman is and what is going on here. You know, I just wanted closure. I think that's it. I think that's what I'm trying to get right now. I'm trying to get closure around this woman who I'm pretty sure left the door unlocked on purpose and peed standing up and set all this thing up just to, I don't know, get discovered or just to, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, guys. And part of me, I walked by and I was like, I want to say something. Not rude or mean, of course. I just want to be like, hey, I'm trans too. I pee standing up too. <laughs> I was like, hey, I'm sorry I walked in on you. But I did the exact same you were doing right next door. I locked the door, of course, which I recommend, you stupid bitch. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean. I guess that's enough of that. But I just wanted to... I just... I'm so curious. I'm still so curious, and it's eating me up inside! I want to know. I need to know the logic. I need... I need to hear from her. I need... And see, it's driving me bananas right now. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm dancing around in my chair because it's driving me crazy just thinking about it now. This is the most I've thought about it too and it's driving me nuts. So I'm going to move on. I think I've probably exhausted that topic. Anyways, um, okay, how not to be goofy. So yes, I'm glad I, I'm glad I jotted that down so I could revisit from before. Um... And I'm going to go a full hour, by the way. I see that I would normally have three-ish minutes left. I usually run over, but my cup runneth over, you guys, today. My cup runneth over of inspiration, and I've been working so hard, and I would love to share what's on my mind. I'm in a great mood, and I want to um, I wanna hang out. Oh, I'm, it's, that's going to drive me nuts, though. Is that my future? Was that did I accidentally run into a future form of myself and I'm being pranked by a time traveling future Val? No, she was younger than me for sure. Um I don't know, is that what I might turn into someday? Am I gonna get my kicks peeing standing up in an open unlocked stall? Hoping that someone walks in on me that I can be like, <laughs> gotcha. We out here, I guess. I don't know. See, I'm, I, now I'm thinking, why? What, what was the motivation? Okay. All right. Stop it, Algus. Time to leave it alone. Time to put it to bed. Oh, trust me, you guys. I'm never going to stop wondering. I will never stop wondering. Please reach out with your thoughts on this one. Because I am so curious. And I just want to, that's all I want to do is talk about it. And I, <laughs> I need to understand. Oh, I need to understand. I'm going to go back into therapy. And this is the first thing that I'm going to talk about. And, and my therapist is going to be like, yeah, but how have you been doing? And I'll be like, you're not, I mean, haven't you been listening? You're not listening to me. This is how I've been doing. I can't stop thinking about this woman. Um, it's driving me nuts.
I can't sleep. I can't eat. Even free food tastes like shit. I pee standing up. Um, okay. I must be blowing your ears out. I don't know about these levels, but the, the reverb is strong in this one. And I hope you guys like the reverb. Reverb. I'm going to get some kind of a noise complaint. I wonder if I can't be nearly as loud because of the echo. If the echo, like, you know, makes it worse. God, I can't wait to, like, live, live in this space. You know what I mean? It's still, I'm looking around, there are boxes everywhere, and I need, I need a strong, capable man to come help me move these couches. Oh, oh man, how are they going to fit, too? This island is huge. How will we... Where am I, where are we going to watch TV? <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. So, um, I got all these boxes everywhere, but, uh, unpacking this is, I want to be a minimalist. We have so much space in this new, uh, renovated condo with all this storage. I'm looking around. There's so many kitchen cupboards, way more than we know what to do with. So there's going to be a lot of empty space all around. And I like that. I want to live minimalist. I don't, I'll, I don't care if I put three forks in one drawer and that's just what that drawer is, is my three special forks drawer. And that's what it's going to be. But I'm, as I'm unpacking stuff that was in storage for the four months I was gone, I'm, I'm like revisiting clothes and items and miscellaneous stuff and, and practical stuff that I didn't miss. And it makes me wonder if I should just donate it. Like, I don't want to find, I don't want to shove that stuff back in a more easily accessible space where I won't, literally won't access it. Like, you know, I want to live simply and I'm done. I hate having too much stuff. So it's another opportunity to, while I'm unpacking, really assess what these things are worth to me and what I can let go for good. Because uh, it's a fresh start, fresh algus. Fresh start, fresh algus. And so speaking of fresh start, fresh algus, I gotta learn how to be serious and how not to be goofy all the time. And I know I'm serious sometimes on this podcast and I know I can I can keep it real. You've heard me keep it real. You've heard me cry literally on this thing. I've kept it very real. I kept it 100 percent a lot every time 100% of the time I am 100% me at the time okay and you guys get that guarantee that's the alval guarantee every single time but I would love to not be so goofy all the time and I would love to be it's it's um how do I explain I guess it's it's my defense mechanism too right it's a it's a fundamental part of how I express myself including when I feel insecure. And so that's why I can't pose cute and sexy for a photo without that voice going in my head being like, you look ridiculous. So you might as well lean into it. Just be silly because it's better to be silly and fail and look goofy because that was your intention all along rather than look serious and seductive and fail at that. That would be a humiliation far more unbearable than bombing a joke because whatever you were, you 
you're not married to any of your jokes. You were just trying to be funny anyways. And if it didn't work, it didn't work. It's something that I'm, I'm used to by now. But being sexy and failing, that is a crushing defeat. And so, um, yeah. And so like looking, looking pretty and authentic and cute is something that I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know how to do without, you know, being s silly. Does that make sense? Listen, I, okay. Story time. Another story time. I hooked up with a, um, with a fella, uh, this week. And we've had the occasional dalliance, may I say. And I think he was, okay, so this is the Woody Harrelson guy. <laughs> if, you, if you've listened to, I'm pretty sure I told this story on the podcast. It feels like I have. My memory is garbage, but I know for a fact I probably told this Woody Harrelson story. Because it really mattered to me at the time. But like I said at the time, I mean, um... This guy's cool and, and he, and you know, it wasn't, it was just a foot, foot in mouth type situation and we're cool. And so every once in a while, we'll booty call each other. I'm not going to lie. It gets lonely out there. And while I suspect that he's a mad playa with mad bitches and I am, I am a maidenless, <laughs> I am, I am maidenless over here and the best I can hope for is a 12 a.m. hey you up text. Whatever, I'll take what I can get. I am also hyper protective. I will uh, uh, own up to that. But anyways, while we're like, he's he's trying to be sexy and it's working for him and I'm trying to be sexy and it's not working for me. And it's just not, I just don't know how to be sexy. And so, and it, it, I realized, I said a couple things while we were cuddling in between that made him laugh while he was trying to be seductive. And I sincerely, this is such an interesting thing to me because as a comedian, I love making people laugh, but they were things that I sincerely did not mean to be funny. And they got an uproarious laugh and he was like, you just can't turn it off, can you? And, and like, it was the first time somebody's ever made me feel, it's the first time anybody's, it's the first time I believed it. You know what I mean? Like when people are like, oh, you really can't turn it off, can you? It still always feels like, yeah, but you, it still always feels like, look, we're all, we're all hanging out at a party. I mean, this is where I make my, my, this is my bread and butter. You know, this, I'm, I'm joking around with you people because this is what I do. But like in moments like those, when I sincerely didn't mean to make him laugh, uh, and I did in such an intimate, vulnerable setting it's like it made me wonder if that's a fucking problem you know because i want to be sexy i want to be desirable and i know a sense of humor is way up there on the list for a lot of people but you gotta wonder or at least i do if at a certain point it's too much and when somebody's when someone is spread out naked next to you and you're making fucking quips and and quills and you're making, you're being a fucking jokey ass jester over there in lingerie. Like what the f- Is that fuckable? Are you gonna- No one wants to have sex with Goofy, is what I'm saying. You know? 
Nobody wants Goofy to ride on them like, oh, you're hitting me in my G-spot, <laughs> you know? Oh, you're getting so deep inside me. <laughs> Nobody wants Goofy on his knees, bobbing on your knob, being like, oh, watch me deep throat. And then that's the noise he makes when he chokes on your schmongs. Oh, this is graphic. That's That just got me an explicit warning on the podcast. But you know what I mean. I don't know. There's a time to be serious and there's a time to be silly. And I'm worried that the line is blurring for me and it's out of my control. And that was a revelation to me. Most of the time it's in my control, you know? It's in my control at all times, really. And aren't we all, we're all human. We want control. That's just... Control is certainty, right? And I don't want to lose control of a sexy situation because I can't not be... Uh, people can't not laugh at me. <laughs> is this uh, a Fibonacci the Clown situation? <laughs> I know that's not his name. Fuck. What's the set? Who's the sad clown? I'm sure you guys are screaming this one at me. Do I have to look it up? Do I have to cheat? I should know this. Um, God, God damn it. Pagliacci. Pagliacci the sad clown. Um, I paused. I paused the podcast thinking I, I would have to look it up. And then I remembered. So I promise I didn't cheat. I promise I didn't cheat. Um, I just spared you guys me sitting in silence for maybe three seconds. Okay. But this is the other thing. Oh, man. This is also what made me feel like totally unsexy i just get so in my head sometimes and he literally had to stop us kissing in the middle to reteach me how to kiss is there anything more embarrassing at 34 fucking years old than somebody being like hey you kiss weird can i can, can you just try this and like i'm trying to rationalize it my to myself so i don't feel so fucking amateur and and just so Oh, so unsexy and so, oh, bad at sex, you know, so bad at sex. I don't want to be bad at sex. None of us want to be bad at sex, but I'm making him laugh in bed in weird moments. And he had to stop to be like, this is, hey, this is how you should be kissing. I always thought I was a good kisser. Some people told me I was, and I think maybe I got in my own head and everybody kisses different. Come on. You know, like some people kiss different ways. Don't they? Some people love having their lips sucked. Other people love having their lip chewed. I'm, I'm just trying to... My kissing strategy has always been to mirror the other person. Right? You sort of... I let them take the lead and then I just sort of conform to what they do. Which is why a lot of the times people have told me that I'm a good kisser. Because I just mimic what you're doing to me. You know? That's the, That's been my strategy all my life, and I think that's what made me a good kisser, but in this point, at this thing, it didn't work. Because I think, I think it's because he did, he did like the lip-sucking and teasing thing, and that requires an asymmetry. That requires me not, you know, doing that, you know? If he sucks my bottom lip, then maybe I could suck the top one, sort of, but also... It's hard to, I don't know, I don't, I can't read minds. I'm starting to realize I'm not as smart as I always thought I was. 
And maybe I'm just a shit garbage kisser. And the people who complimented my kissing are shit garbage kissers too. And we all belong in the lowest tier of the shit garbage kissing parade. Um, anyways, do I suck at sex? Please uh, have sex with me and tell me so. Once and for all. Nobody wants to be bad at sex, and now I'm worried that I'm bad at sex. Uh, some people, people want to have sex with me. They want to have sex with me, okay. But they should know that I suck at it. <laughs> okay. God, uh, do I go over time? I might go way over time, you guys. I recognize that I have three and a half-ish minutes left. And I got more to say, man. Especially... Okay, I'll end on this and then um, save the rest for next week when I'm back on track. Um, I might throw in another episode on Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday makes sense. Oh, we'll see because I'm going to have to do a lot of moving into my room right now. Like I said, my office is in the kitchen and I have hairline surgery next Wednesday. So maybe I'll be more, I mean, I might be more fuckable. Maybe not initially with my bloody Megamind swollen head. My Mars Attacks alien head that's all swollen, out of control. Looking like I just stepped off a UFO to and asked to speak to your leader. <laughs> um, I, uh, so... Okay, so this, the, the peeing story, right? The, the trans woman standing and peeing and leaving the door unlocked and all of these suspicions I have that it was all deliberate and it was an act of exhibitionism. Let's get to the, let's talk about this lady. Um, and I'm going to say that respectfully. This lady with the prosthetic breasts. And I think this trans woman with the prosthetic breasts and, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to bring up the info right here. <clears throat> okay. So I'm going to do my best to tread carefully here. But I do, but I do have a take. I do have opinions about this. Um, if you aren't aware, this happened several weeks ago. This was a controversy about three or four weeks ago, uh, in which a teacher here in Ontario in Oakville, uh, a shop teacher at Oakville Trafalgar High School, who I don't know when they came out as trans, but I, su I suppose they did earlier on. They came into, it's got 1 million views as of three weeks ago. I bet it's got a million more. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. This lady, this teacher, Showed up to her high school with insanely huge prosthetic breasts. Like, like down to, down to her belly button, enormous. Uh, how big are they? Bigger than basketballs. I'm like looking at them in the picture. They are literally bigger than two basketballs that she is wearing under her shirt that she's just kind of carrying around her waistline with these big prominent nipples sticking out of her shirt. And, oh boy, this is, and she's a shop class teacher, and I don't think she's wearing 
There's a video apparently of her like cutting a thing. And her hair is not tied up. It's hanging loose and she's wearing fucking sunglasses. Oh boy. And um Can you tell I don't I'm I God, can you tell Jesus. <laughs> so she's a shop teacher who basically is playing the Oh man, I really have to choose my language. She's she's touting that she's a she's a proud trans woman and this is just who how who she is and how she feels most authentic in her body. And all of the usual tropes that we we myself included trans people use. However, um she is in a high school shop class. She is I mean, impractically dressed, boobs aside, not even tying her hair back. And so it's it's gratuitous and it's cartoonish, frankly, is what it is. And so, like, this would be story enough if she wasn't a high school teacher. This would be story enough if she walked around the grocery store. I'm sure somebody would have caught a fucking video and she would have got viral and anti and anti-trans, transphobic fucking social media would have had a field day. And they already, I mean, it's just an added layer that she's a teacher at a high school and she's around young, young teens looking like this. And so it's just, I have, I'm, I'm willing to admit that I have lines. I have bound, I have lines and I want to be open and I want to be supportive and I do believe in uh, people's right to do whatever they want to their bodies and to their appearances, especially in the name of feeling comfortable and happy, but I still think there are lines and once those lines are crossed, it feels like it becomes something more than a personal journey, than a wholesome personal journey to, to express oneself in an, in an authentic, private way, I guess is what I'm saying. In, in an authentic way that's particular to oneself. So, I mean, this, this woman is, is making a choice to dress like this around high school students and it's I think that's where the that's that's where the line crosses it's and the reason why I feel why I why I'm so exasperated is because naturally um anytime a trans person is in the news it's people like me who have to defend them it's people like me it's it's kind of this all for one sort of thing where like I'd now people like me sort of are under scrutiny. If one of us is under scrutiny, then it just it just happens this way, where the rest of us also get scrutinized in turn because there is a line of logic that we are following here where it's like, um, what changes are people willing to make to their bodies and how much should the rest of society accommodate in these changes, you know? So somebody like me who's taking hormones and is asking people to respect my pronouns and shit like that, um, I might be easier to digest than someone like her with triple 
are sized. I don't even know if there is a size on the bra chart for, for these titties, for these bazongas. Um, it's just hard for me to defend. It really is because at this point, I just want to talk to her. <laughs> That's all I got. I, I'm just, I, I don't know how much of an opinion I want to form because I, I see this and I'm like, you're not, you can't be real. And do you have any idea the damage you're kind of doing to the trans community? And I fucking, I don't know if I, 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 it's how I feel. You know what I mean? Like I, when somebody like that becomes famous and I feel like I have to defend myself, and it certainly doesn't fucking help the the hateful dialogue around people calling us groomers, man. You are setting the cause back, lady. You are. You are. And I and I and I'm not apologizing about my love for Marvel. Don't you guys worry about that. <clears throat> and I almost feel like I sh I don't want to apologize for feeling this way because it's just it's it's hard. People like this make it hard to defend being fucking trans. And that's the thing is like, I want to, I just want, I want you to be happy and I want you to live your, in your authentic life. But maybe, maybe there is a limit to the compromises you have to make for other people around you. And maybe, just maybe, you are going to have to go a couple dozen bra sizes down, couple dozen to go down to to still live a happy enough life in the body that you deserve. Either that or I don't know, get a get a job as a window washer and because now you have four limbs to cover, you'll god, you'd be such a good window washer with them titties. <laughs> Just suds those things up. And who knows, maybe there's somebody on the other side of the glass who would enjoy the show. So I don't know, you can use both your hands and both your double R great big bazongas. You're soaped up. I mean, those aren't even real. I wonder what they're made of. Sponge material? She, she rolled up two, two mattresses and stuffed them into her shirt. So whatever, you can make it work. Just don't work around kids. Like I can't even imagine how uncomfortable I would be as a kid, man. The kids are allowed to feel fucking uncomfortable. They have a right to feel uncomfortable in a situation like this. And so this is where I feel like it gets really sticky. And this is where I, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm being challenged in how far I'm willing to go to, 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 yeah, to say like, you know, there are, you aren't, you aren't an island you the the choices you make about how you present yourself still have some kind of a consequence especially on kids man i can't even imagine being 13 years old and i never took shop but watching my my teacher come in with mattresses stuffed in her shirt and being like this is how you use a bandsaw and being like Am I allowed saying I'm uncomfortable here? Um, do I go home to my parents and tell them about my day or, or what? So I don't know, man. I don't know how to handle conversations like these, but this is, this is, I guess this is just me trying. This is me trying to wrap my head around it. I think you all deserve the life you, you choose. You only get one shot at this, but I think 
you also need to remember that you live in a society with other people, some of whom are trying to find their own happiness and their own comfort. And it's a, it's part, it's just part of being human and being among other human beings. It's part of the social contract to make concessions in order for everyone else to feel comfortable enough that they can pursue their own happiness as well. You know, so, um, stuff like this, you can hear me fucking sighing and grunting. It's, it's a lot because yeah, I shouldn't have to have an opinion on this, but you know, trans people sort of everywhere, trans people everywhere become the de facto representatives for people like this. And it's exhausting. So I, because it's hard to find, it's hard to make excuses for this person. It's hard to defend something this extreme. <clears throat> and I'm not sorry, not apologizing about the marble. I'm trying to keep an open concept. This is me trying to keep an open concept, but I, it's hard. It's hard for me to keep an open concept. Anyways, um, yeah, I guess this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. I, it's, it's a joy. It's fucking, it feels good to be back. Even though I'm echo, 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 echo. I'm probably annoying the piss out of my neighbors and, but that's okay. I won't apologize because I love marble and so do you. And if you listen to this podcast and you love marble, don't you ever apologize for it. Okay. Hopefully someday society will have an open enough concept for people like us, us marble lovers, and we won't have to apologize anymore. Okay. Um, have a great week. I might be back uh, sooner rather than later. This is all part of me, my two year journey to try and find some kind of consistency in my posting of this podcast and finding none whatsoever. So episodes come out when they do. And while I thought I could get a routine going where it would happen on every Monday, that changed to every Monday or Tuesday, which changed uh, changed to anywhere between Monday to Wednesday, which changed to I'll I'll do it when I do it, okay? I'm just gonna do it whenever I have the time and enthusiasm, which I know is not the way to do it. So we're gonna try and get back on a schedule, and I'm gonna try and make it a beginning of the week kind of thing, okay? Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, all the love and the support. You're all super fantastic and I uh, appreciate you all. Have a good week.